Welcome to the East Anglian Theatre Podcast and a Happy New Year. Twenty twenty three, and you're still plagued by me. Christmas and New Year's are done with. You exhausted your stock phrases about what sort of time you enjoyed. Mine was quiet. Thanks very much. If you've made a resolution, it's no doubt out of the window by now. But one thing you should stick with in 2023 is the theatre, and specifically the shows that are taking place on your figurative doorstep. Now, for those who haven't had the displeasure of making my acquaintance, let me introduce myself. My name is Ray Tempester, and I am the host of the podcast, which has been described as audible and laden with words. My modus operandi is to shine a light on some of the theatre happening across East Anglia, whether that's by interviewing those involved, producing reviews of shows, or simply giving a shout out to companies and productions in Norfolk, Suffolk and Cambridgeshire. Now, I've been pretty successful so far at speaking to a broad spectrum of companies producing a diverse range of shows, but now I'm on the lookout for more people to speak to in 2023, so do get in touch if you want to get involved. Before I get into the episode proper, I'll just quickly drop in a mention that the podcast has various social media accounts which you can follow should you wish, and there's also a website, eatpod.co.uk. That's eatpod.co.uk. Here you'll find all episodes of the podcast, written versions of the reviews I produce, plus a page to contact me to wish me a happy new year, or get a shout out or guest spot on an episode. Your choice. Anyway, moving on, and the last episode of 2022, quite a few weeks ago now, featured Daisy and Simon from Strange Fascination Theatre. But this time, rather than the usual format, this episode is more of a an update as to what I've been up to since then, and a bit of a love letter to my castmates in the production of Yippie Kaye that I'm working on. But I'll start by telling you a bit about the shows that I saw in the latter part of 2022, which happened to be at two of my very favourite venues in the region – the Theatre Royal Bury St Edmunds and the Madder Market in Norwich. Now, very fittingly for the time of year, they were both pantomimes and both expertly produced. In Bury, the panto was the legend of Robin Hood and the cast was made up of a mix of established and new professionals, as well as a talented young ensemble from the theatre's youth group. Regular listeners may recall I interviewed two of the cast, Chris Clarkson, who played the dame, Little Joan, and Ewan Grant in his first professional role as Rob the Baker's Boy. Now, I'm pleased but not surprised to say that both actors were absolutely fantastic, as was the rest of the cast and the production in general. And though it was early in the Christmas season at that stage, it really helped me to get in the mood for the festivities to come. They've already announced their panto for next season, and it's going to be Snow White, and it'll be on from the 24th of November through until the 14th of January. And having seen how brilliant Robin Hood was, I will definitely be keeping my diary clear to make sure that I can see Snow White. Back in Norwich, and it was Sound Ideas Theatre who were performing their annual pantomime at the Madder Market. Having seen plenty of Sound Ideas productions before, I knew I could expect a high-quality production, but I hadn't seen a pantomime from them before. Theirs was Goldilocks and the Three Bears, a panto probably aimed at a slightly younger audience than Barry St Edmunds, but absolutely no golf in quality. They were led by three experienced and well-established local performers in Holly Graham, Dan Smith and Zach Souter. From start to finish, the show felt like a joyous celebration, and I can only imagine the spectacle it must have been through the eyes of a small child, with the beautiful costumes and spectacular lighting and sets. It was a fairly compact cast, with even the dance numbers generally limited to four backing dancers, but what this meant was that everyone involved was absolutely at the top of their game. Now, I don't know what's coming throughout the year for Sound Ideas, but the company had another pantomime up its sizeable sleeves in the form of Big Dick and His Pussy. 
As you can guess from the title, it's quite the opposite of their family-friendly production, and its limited and sold-out run comes to an end tomorrow, I believe. Tomorrow being the 7th of January at the time this episode goes out. Now, in addition to these two live performances that I watched, I also caught an interesting stage production, which was filmed for TV audiences, of A Christmas Carol, which was originally performed in 2021 at the Alexandra Palace Theatre. This was still while some lockdown restrictions were in place. It was created by Mark Gatiss, who has established quite some renown over the years for his writing, but is possibly more instantly recognisable for his appearances in The League of Gentlemen and on BBC's Sherlock. It was a fairly straight and faithful adaptation, which is rare these days, but what impressed me most was the invention. Now, clearly the lockdown restrictions and the need to be in a bubble meant they wanted to keep the cast and crew to a minimum, so this meant quite a lot of doubling and and tripling up, and cast members being largely responsible for scene changes, which I'm always a fan of. Yes, the budget was significantly larger than most, and yes, the stage was cavernous, but actually they showed what could be done with skilled puppetry, lighting tricks, and clever but fairly sparse sets all things that don't necessarily need to blow the budget. Now, I watched it on Channel 5, and as far as I'm aware, it's still available to stream, so I think it's definitely worth a look, particularly for theatre practitioners and those involved on the production side of things. So that's what I saw, but what have I been up to recently? Well, either side of Christmas and... I'd been carrying on with rehearsals for Yippie Kaye, the parody musical for diehard fans, which, well, opens in a matter of days now. I've mentioned our fantastic production team a few times, but haven't as yet talked about our cast, of which I am part. Now, in the lead role as John McLean is Tom Guttridge, who, aside from being a natural with a gun, <coughs> sorry, it is absolutely perfect as the iconic New York cop. Tom has the voice of a, well, a, a filthy angel, and more closely resembles Bruce Willis in, well, fourth Die Hard, but he's a hard-working perfectionist and just a lovely guy to be around. A sort of playing opposite him is Charlie Nash in the role of Holly McLean, or Holly Gennaro, as, as she's also known. Charlie is our director April's sister, but if you've ever seen Charlie perform before, you'll know that nepotism isn't a factor at all here, as she does indeed have the voice of an angel, and the honk of a goose too. Sorry, that's an in-joke I couldn't resist. As well as playing Holly, Charlie also gets a couple of chances to don some daft wigs and clothing and some other minor roles too, and lends her gorgeous vocals to my favourite song in the show. Playing the head honcho of the baddies is Elle Overvord as Hannah rather than Hans Gruber. Like Charlie, Elle does double up, but as Hannah Gruber, she is at her sinister and comedic best, adding a delightful feminine menace to a part where, well, Alan Rickman's ghost could have loomed large, but Elle really makes it her own. There was the lead henchman, Carl. Joshua Gould is a looming presence throughout, but ultimately plays the part as a brilliant send-up with the brooding macho 80s bad guys. Like many of us, Joshua makes up the numbers in plenty of songs and sequences as an, an assortment of characters, which gives him the chance to show off his absolute versatility. Alicia Hart has two key roles in the production, Ange the chauffeur, originally named Argyle in the film, and Thea, the brains of the bad guys, who is Theo in Die Hard. Alicia is a joy to watch in action, bounding around the stage as the wet behind the ears Ange and lending her beautiful voice to lots of the musical numbers, including the brilliant opener. She's also a really supportive presence among the group and has been great at knocking me into shape at various points. 
Now, also a great presence in the group is Sadie Inns, as they're really, really fun to be around. The show just wouldn't be the same without their gorgeous voice adding those lovely top notes and, and beautiful harmonies. Sadie has a range of memorable characters in the show, from the tenacious reporter Lily Backman to Father Freaking Christmas. There is nothing that Sadie can't do, and it's been lovely to get to know them in this process. Now, do you remember the absolute douchebag Ellis from Die Hard, who believes he can bargain with the bad guys? Well, our resident douchebag is none other than Alec Mann, and it's to his credit that he gives every inch as slimy a performance as the actor in the movie. Now, what Alec has over that guy is that he gets to sing a cracking song too. He also plays one of the bad guys, but thankfully, in real life, Alec is nothing like either of his key characters and is instead this lovely, positive, enthusiastic, encouraging person. And he's been really great to work with. Speaking of great to work with, the group is blessed to have Amy Bevins in its ranks. Every production needs an Amy. She's like a utility belt in human form. Not only is she supremely talented, but she's so versatile and, and so hardworking. She has the most characters, the most costumes, and probably the most unenviable track sheet of anyone, but she's never without a smile. And last, but by no means least, that title's reserved for me, is Arthur Allen. He plays two key roles, firstly as Mr. Takagi, who, shock horror, gets bumped off pretty early, but then Arthur gets to play the wonderful Sergeant Al Powell. Now, Arthur's a funny guy, and is brilliant in this production but it's his voice that'll get you off your seat or make your hair stand on end or whatever cliche you want to use the song that arthur sings pretty much in the middle of the show called soft in the middle is my absolute favorite and in no small part to his outstanding vocals it's worth the ticket price alone trust me i should also add that we've been accompanied by the band for the first time recently and have heard our musical director asa smith's fantastic compositions in full and oh my word they are superb. It just adds a new dimension and a further brilliant layer on top of what has already been a joy to be a part of. So there we have it. That's a roundup of our wonderful cast, but don't take my word for it. Come along and see this extraordinary bunch of talented musicians, performers, and me, of course, as well, in action. Yippee is at Galston Pavilion Theatre between the 12th and 14th of January, and the following week at the Matter Market in Norwich between the 19th and 21st of January. Tickets are available via galstonpavilion.co.uk and madamarket.co.uk, respectively. Okay, so let's move on to the final section. What's going on in theatres elsewhere across the region? Well, there's still a number of pantos happening, not least the one at Theatre Royal, Bury St Edmunds that I mentioned earlier. But near Norwich, Sprouston Parish players are performing their annual panto, Red Riding Hood, between the 27th and 29th of January at St Cuthbert's Church on Roxham Road. The company does a lot to support the local community, so are well worth giving your support to. In Newmarket, the Nomads, that's the in-house company of King's Theatre, will be letting their hair down as they bring their pantomime Rapunzel to the stage. It's on between the 14th and 21st of January. On the Norfolk-Suffolk border, the Pullen Players pantomime Robin Hood opens in just a few days on the 12th of January until the 14th. It's on at the Memorial Hall in Pullen Market near Dis. Now moving away from pantomime and back in Norwich, Sewell Barn Theatre's production of Queers opens on the 19th of January until the 28th. It's a collection of monologues highlighting stories from the perspective of members of the LGBTQ plus community. 
Now, the monologues were initially debuted as part of a mini-series on the BBC in 2017 to commemorate 50 years since the passing of the Sexual Offences Act of 1967, which legalised homosexuality in the UK. And it was curated by Mark Gatiss, who gets a second mention on this podcast, which he'll no doubt be thrilled by. In southwest Norfolk, there's an audition opportunity coming up with Downham Amateur Dramatic Society ahead of their planned production of the Oscar Wilde classic, The Importance of Being Earnest. They're holding a read-through on the 16th of January at the Jubilee Hall in Downham Market at 7.30pm, followed by auditions on the 20th of January at the same venue. The production itself is set to take place from the 11th to 13th of May. So there's plenty of options for shows for you to see. Of course, with my completely unbiased head, I'd say come and see Yippie Kaye at either the Gorson Pavilion Theatre or snap up one of the last remaining tickets at the Manor Market. But as usual, I'll post links for all the shows mentioned on my various social media pages throughout the next week or so, as well as some other ones I've not mentioned here too. Now remember, if you'd like to get in touch about getting a shout out on an episode or even if you'd like to be featured as a guest, do let me know. Anyway, you're no doubt sick of my voice by now, so if you haven't switched off already, let's put you out of your misery and end the episode. Thanks, as always, for listening to me ramble on, and tune in for the next episode, where I'll be speaking to a couple of members of Spryston Parish Players. Until then, take care of yourselves, and go watch some theatre. Bye. (laughs) 